Welcome to the Sleep by Shay podcast. I'm Shay Morrison, sleep expert and co-founder of The Goodnight Co. Join me each week for hints and tips on all things sleep and follow me on Instagram at Shay Morrison. Well, what an exciting episode today. It's something that I love talking about. I don't have great teeth and I do tend to spend a bit of time with the dentist. I am so happy to be talking to Dr. Adam Teo this morning, here to talk about dental sleep medicine, which is a really interesting topic for those of you that are also as interested as I am. But I really feel that everybody should have a listen and see what's involved if we think about how our heads are made up in particular and where our nose and you know our entire system sits around our face. There is such importance to be noted when it comes to how we're breathing, how our mouth is structured, what's happening in our mouth in relation to sleep. So Adam's here to unpack a little bit more about that. And he has an amazing business called Queensland Dental Sleep Therapy, located in four locations throughout Queensland. So welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you very much, Shay. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I love what you're doing with the podcast and spreading the good word about how important uh, sleep quality is. Thank you. It is such an important topic. And, and on that note, I always like to ask how our guests slept last night. So how did you sleep last night? I actually, for the hours I did sleep, it was great. Um, funnily enough, yeah. uh, my wife had to get up really early for a 5am 5 a.m. flight to Sydney. So I was up at uh, three o'clock and um, I just took the opportunity to go to the gym. And, you know, it's nice and quiet. Oh. Time, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, so I went to bed a little bit earlier and I still got yeah. Yeah, six to seven hours. So. Good. And would you say that in general, you're a good sleeper? Yes. Yes. I, uh, always um, been a pretty good sleeper and uh, luckily enough my wife has been too so we're uh, good sleepers and um, we, we stick to a pretty I wouldn't say a strict schedule but a pretty regular pattern and I think that's one of the keys to that. Absolutely and you know I think that if people can just get on board with just the simple routine when it comes to sleeping it can just make such a big impact on how you do sleep. You know everybody's going to have those off nights but if you've got your routine and you know how to come back to good sleep, then it just makes it that much easier. Yeah, that's exactly it. Sometimes it's the simplest things that will really help people and sometimes there's a a little bit more to it. Yeah. For those people that have never heard of dental sleep medicine or dental sleep therapy, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and what's involved in your business? Yeah, so dental sleep medicine is basically a collaborative effort between dentists and medical doctors to help manage sleep disorders, particularly around sleep disordered breathing. And um, sleep disordered breathing uh, is an issue where you're having breathing disturbances during your sleep and that can happen for you know, a variety of reasons. But one of the most common reasons would be to do with obstruction of the upper airway. A lot of people know a loud snorer in their life or a friend mm which is definitely related into this field. That would be me. I know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My big partner. <laughs> yeah. No, yes. Yeah. And then a lot of people know, I've heard of um, obstructive sleep apnea, 
it's a bit of a spectrum. You know, we can start with a real mild case where it's more about the snoring, the, the sleep breathing disturbances are not very frequent. You're not having much oxygen drops and stuff during your sleep. And then it can just go, you know, heavier and heavier where it's happening more frequently and get more severe. And that's where we know that the evidence is showing that you can have some particularly um, long-term risks with uh, certain medical conditions. Yeah. I guess to answer your question, dental sleep medicine is focused around that area. As dentists, we... You know, we're sort of the perfect profession to screen patients as well as offering a treatment option to help that field. For screening, I mean, we see our patients quite regularly, every six to 12 months usually. Usually, mm-hmm. We have a, a fantastic view of the airway at the back of the throat there every time we're looking down. So it's one of those things where we can ask a few probing questions and pique their interest, I guess, and start to question about whether they're snoring or their daytime tiredness is really just a part of getting older or is it actually something underlying those symptoms? That's one part of it. And then the other part is uh, how we can treat those patients. So a lot of people have heard of a treatment called CPAP therapy, Mm -hmm. using a machine to positively pressurize the airway so that it's splintered open in that um, respect so that it doesn't collapse during sleep. We offer an alternative, especially for mild to moderate sleep apnea cases, but also for, you know, a lot of cases where people just really can't tolerate the CPAP. And that involves uh, using what we call oral appliances, or the other term is a mandibular advancement splint, which is a type of oral appliance that basically stabilizes the lower jaw and stops it from dropping back during your sleep. So it keeps the upper airway in the pharyngeal region at the back of the throat there uh, patent and open uh, during one's sleep. Why would somebody choose the options that you offer versus the CPAP machine? Yeah, so for a lot of patients, when they first get diagnosed or, or they find out they've got sleep apnea, the treatment options are sort of presented to them and it really depends on what their, you know, what is their specific case? What are the specific medical conditions? What are their specific risks? And then from there, we can sort of ascertain what type of treatment option is probably the more appropriate treatment option. But, you know, a lot of patients will say, well, you know, they may not think that they could go through with a certain treatment. So quite commonly, I see patients who have either trialed CPAP or they just really don't want to try it for whatever reason. And sometimes those reasons are just simply them being in their early 20s and they don't want to wear a CPAP that young. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes related around that, the oral appliance option is definitely, we would say that it's the least invasive of the treatment options for sleep apnea and and snoring. Some people find that if they're going to use it more often or if they're more likely to use it and it doesn't disturb their sleep as much, then they're going to get a more comfortable and appropriate solution. Yeah. The splint, is it almost like a mouth guard? Yeah. So at the end of the day, a mandibular advancement splint is a type of mouthpiece which goes over the top and bottom teeth. And then it needs to have some sort of mechanism to stop the lower jaw from dropping backwards. So it needs to stabilize it in a predictable way. These days, we really as dentists, much prefer patients to use custom-made splints 
reason being is that mm -hmm. we really want to prevent um, any side effects and issues with the teeth. Whereas if you get you know, some off the shelf or online, you really could open yourself up to a world of trouble uh, with your teeth. The splint itself is also a good idea to be adjustable. We don't often want to start with a patient having their jaw whacked forwards. As you can imagine, uh, that might be quite uh, uncomfortable and cause sort of like jaw pain and teeth pain. So we much prefer to start more comfortably and then have our patients adjust it forwards based on how severe the sleep apnea is. And we just really want to bring the jaw forward just enough to eliminate it and eliminate the snoring. We don't want to go any further than that. There's no need. Okay. For people that are thinking, oh, maybe maybe this is something that I need to investigate, at what point are people coming to talk to you about this? What what stage do you suggest that people, a lot of people would know with sleep apnea and some people who are listening might not, but some of the side effects of sleep apnea are that you are feeling really fatigued throughout the day because there has not been enough oxygen to allow you to get you might think that you're sleeping, but you're probably not getting really good quality deep restorative sleep as part of that process. And or people know that they are snoring or they might have those really restless nights. What else are the signs that people would be feeling where they should come in and have that conversation with somebody like you? Yeah, the most common things, I guess, are the loud snorers or, you know, loud chronic snorers. Partners may notice that, you know, they're it stops breathing during the sleep. I mean, that's a dead giveaway. But it can present as a big variety of um, presentations. I've had patients commonly say that they wake up with headaches very frequently. And that's, uh, funnily okay. enough, that's one of the most common things that seems to go uh, first right. um, once they start on a treatment. It's a, it's a massive impact on their life. And, and I, um, I just love hearing that. They may be presenting with a lot of excessive daytime sleepiness and tiredness, um, especially when they're sleeping, you know, the, the so-called normal sort of not seven to nine, ten hours, and they feel really unrefreshed, um, even with that sort of, you would think, adequate amount of hours of sleep. Yeah, we have some patients, uh, funnily enough, who tend to have sleep maintenance insomnia, where they wake up in the early hours of the morning and they feel on edge and they're just feel like they just can't go back to sleep that you know they feel anxious almost often that's a result of the sleep apnea ramping up and getting a lot more severe in those REM periods which are mainly in those early hours of the morning um, and as we know uh, with sleep apnea and and if you have a lot of marked oxygen drops uh, in that period um, you're going right. to have activation of the sympathetic nervous system and, you know, increased blood pressure, increased heart rate. So you are going to feel pretty on edge. <laughs> so I've never heard of sleep maintenance insomnia. So that, that so what you've just described is sleep maintenance insomnia. Yeah, so sleep onset insomnia would be, a, 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 you know, difficulty getting to sleep and then sleep yeah. maintenance on, insomnia is, is a difficulty staying asleep. So you yeah. wake up during the night and you find it really hard to get back to sleep for whatever reason. Yeah. So if people might be feeling that anxiousness every morning, like that may, might be one of their main symptoms. So they may not feel some of those other symptoms. And, and I guess the other point is that people can have sleep apnea without being a chronic snorer. That's correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes, because you could have sleep apnea without it even being an obstructive. Um, yeah. So in that case, it, yeah, we, we wouldn't really have a snoring issue. It, it really just comes down to if someone isn't actually noticing the snoring. So 
their partner might just be a really deep sleeper and say, oh, no, really hear you snore, but maybe they are snoring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so tell us some of the um, success stories that you've had when people start using the devices and really notice that difference. Yeah, so it's uh, this is the reason why I'm in this full time now because it's just so rewarding with, with our patients. As soon as they get onto therapy and that we adjust it and we get them to a comfortable spot, all these symptoms just start to alleviate and people say that it's like a fog lifting because it really, you know, as you would know, poor sleep just affects you in so many different ways, uh, your mood, your, your clarity, your memory, you know, some of these things. And then people surprise me sometimes with the, the different things they start to notice about not only their sleep, but about their life in general. All this daytime tiredness, fog, sleepiness sort of lifts and their partner's sleep is getting <laughs> yeah. better. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's a massive win. You got two absolutely for, for one treatment. So, it's, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, honestly, it's fantastic. You came from a dentistry background and then to switch over and specialise in this space, why did you choose that? Because, you know, we talked about it before the show. There isn't a huge amount of people specialising in this area, yet it is such an important topic. It was around 2015, I think, or 2016, our National Sleep Association body is the Australasian Sleep Association. Mm-hmm. They were running a dental course as part of the, their conference. And I went to that and you know, my eyes were just opened up to this whole new world. You know, it was just so interesting learning about this and how we could impact um, patients' lives. I just, you know, was doing a bit of research. And as you said, this is not really a whole lot of dentist or um, awareness or, or um, field. Conversation, um, topic. For it, yeah, conversation, that's right, yeah. And it's not taught in, de- in a dental degree. So you really do have to do this extra training and qualifications to deep dive into it and understand it a bit better. So from there, it just piqued my interest and and not only for helping patients, but actually for helping the doctors. The doctors really, you know, all the referrers that I'm honoured to have now, they said, um, you know, from the start, they're like, well, we, we would love to do more of this and stuff, but we just don't have anyone we can collaborate well with. Um, mm. So from, from the outset, this is why I started this. It was really to provide a high quality care, compassionate care for both patients and doctors and referrers so that they could trust everyone getting a good treatment and a good option for them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. And, and so you're now studying your master's of science in sleep medicine. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So through the university of Sydney, it's uh, uh, headed by professor Colin Sullivan, who's the uh, inventor of CPAP. So, oh. Yeah, it's an Australian-made product. <laughs> yes, I did know that, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a fantastic course, strongly recommended for any medical or health professionals right. in the field. Finishing it off this year, hopefully, and um, yeah. it's just amazing the amount of um, research into it and research to be done. There's just so much more that we need to learn. On that point, for somebody listening that wants to make some changes, what are your sort of tips around where they should start if they're looking to get, first of all, get better sleep? And then we can talk about, you know, if they really do feel like they're, they've got some sort of obstructed sleep and they are heavy snorers, they've got daytime fatigue, we can talk about that shortly. But what is what, what are your tips for getting good sleep? Start to look first at the basics. Sticking to the regular sleep schedule is massively important. Um, and yes, uh, sticking to a, a 
consistent wake up uh, time is, is important. It not only affects your circadian rhythm, how well you can get to sleep later at that night, but it's going to affect your hormonal release patterns like around cortisol, melatonin, growth hormone, etc., etc. If you stick to a regular schedule, it's not only going to improve your sleep, it is going to improve other aspects of your life. The other thing would be, I think a lot of people don't realise that the half-life of caffeine is between four to six hours, which means that sort of four to six hours before half of that caffeine has left your bloodstream, your body. Mm -hmm. A simple rule I kind of go by is try and avoid caffeine after. And actually realise that caffeine is not just coffee and tea. I mean, there's caffeine and chocolate and (laughs) all the fun stuff. Yes. So, um, you know, like, you know, a lot of us like to have our chocolate maybe after dinner, but maybe probably the worst time. Maybe you should have it for breakfast. (laughs) Not that as a dentist, I definitely should not be saying that. No. (laughs) I just stick to a simple rule of no caffeine after midday because that may disrupt how you get to sleep, but also the quality of your sleep um, during that period. If you are sticking, you know, relatively well to good sleep hygiene, uh, which, you know, involves all those kind of points, you feel, you know, over time you're just still really tired and, and it, you know, you're making all these changes but nothing's really helping, then then that might be time to start having conversation with um, your GP or, or a health professional mm. who's well-versed in sleep medicine to just have a chat and, and see if there is something that we can pinpoint that would um, better explain the symptoms that you're having. Great suggestions, you know, uh, and having a consistent routine is is definitely number one up there. And, and I love the fact that you identify with the caffeine, that we sometimes forget that caffeine's not just in coffee, that it can be in lots of other, manifest in lots of other forms like chocolate, mm. sweets mm. and desserts and, um, and even some soft drink, you know, so lots of different places. Yeah. Right. And so if somebody was thinking, you know, they're, they're listening to this podcast because it's, piqued their interest, particularly around the dentistry, mouth, breathing, snoring element, when is a good time? You know, obviously it's a great time just to come in and and have a consultation. But if you're somebody who is experiencing these symptoms, is that, you know, they they make an appointment and and come and have a chat? Is that that how the process works? Yeah. So we, you know, we, we can see patients just for an initial consultation. We have a lot of patients that have seen a GP or a sleep physician before and they're referred in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, and then we have a lot of patients who've been struggling, you know, they have, they've had their diagnosis of sleep apnea maybe five, 10 years ago, and they've okay. just struggled with CPAP for five, 10 years. And now it sits in the bedside cupboard or getting dust it's, it's nice for them to know that there are alternatives yeah. and but it is important for them to sort of realize that you know we, we've just got to start with a conversation and an assessment and uh, from there we can sort of really guide you on on uh, what what the best uh, uh, path forward is for them yeah okay fantastic brisbane based there are four locations and as you said there's potentially a fifth one coming soon yeah, we um so three locations across Brisbane, uh, one on the Gold Coast, and we're looking to expand up to the sunny coast, uh, hopefully later on this year. Great. Do you have colleagues that you can recommend in other areas throughout Australia? Yes, yeah, certainly. There's um yeah. there's uh, I know in particular in Sydney and and Melbourne there are dedicated dental sleep medicine practices. Oh, sorry, and in Perth, of course. Yeah. Yeah, we have uh, uh, colleagues all across uh, Australia who um, are well-versed in it. 
Well, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today, Adam, and thank you so much for sharing all of this information. I think for a lot of people, um, they wouldn't necessarily even be aware that there are alternatives to um, CPAP, and particularly in order to to get better sleep, um, which is absolutely what you're out there doing, which is wonderful. So thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And if anybody is wanting to get some more information, um, then they just need to go to Queensland Dental Therapy. Um, so if they Google Queensland Dental Therapy, book in and get a consultation and have some conversation about where you're at in order to get some better quality sleep. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Thank you very much, Shay. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Adam, and um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Sleep by Shay podcast. Here are the topics we've spoken about today. Head on our show notes for all the details, and if you like what you're hearing or are sleeping better, we'd love from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and with the Sleep by Shay podcast to wake up looking and your very best every day.